Hello and welcome to the Hockey Podcast. This is a fan-run podcast about the Blackhawks. We are going to discuss the preseason games the Hawks have this year, as well as a preview of the preseason that is to come. My name is Tyler, and I am joined, as always, by Wally. Hopefully, the regular season goes better than the preseason did. Nick? We saw a disgrace to hockey in the preseason, but we'll see if we have a disgrace to hockey in the regular season. And... John. Kyle Davidson owns Vancouver. That's some optimism. And let's get into talking about these preseason games. The Hawks played six preseason games. They played the Blues twice. That was their first and their sixth preseason game. They played Detroit twice. That was their second and third games. And then they played Minnesota twice. And that was their fourth and their fifth games. First game was against St. Louis. And it was a home game. Final score ended up being 4-1 to one as a loss. However, it certainly wasn't the worst game ever because the Hawks, it was a 1-1 game up until like halfway through the third period. Yeah, game one of the preseason, I was actually there. The Hawks actually outplayed St. Louis for the first, um, I would say, first two periods of play. They ended up out shooting the Blues at one point, 24. 24 to 6 at one point in that game. It was just a rough way to end it by the fact in that third period, once the second goal by St. Louis went in, it just was a backbreaker for the Hawks. They fell apart. It deflated any energy that team had going for themselves, and everything went downhill from there. Yeah, but I think one thing that was really uh, good to see was... Some of the youngsters uh, and how they performed. Now, uh, we'll talk about some of. We'll talk about Arvid Soderblom later. He didn't play in this game, so some of the most impressive youngsters that uh, were in that game. Uh, let's start with the two defensemen that I pers- that personally caught my eye in that game, which were uh, Alex Vlasic and Kevin Korchinski. First, Alex Vlasic, who I was shocked by how good he was in this game. I didn't know, I didn't really think that he was actually that capable. Um, I know that Wally has been hammering the table about how impressive uh, Alex Vlasic was at the end of last year in the NHL, but it wasn't until that first preseason game when I really thought that it was uh, genuinely like a thing that was really there. Because in that game, Alex Vlasic played next to Seth Jones and he looked fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Vlasic and Jones looked good together on that deep pairing. I think it actually works well together because Vlasic and Jones, they both have about the same height to each other's uh, build, and they seem like they fed off of each other pretty well from going up and down the ice. I think it works. Hopefully, we can see that a lot more in the future, but... It will have to wait from there. Yeah. For me, the best location for them, in terms of like where I think they will shine the most, where fans will be the most impressed with if those two play together, will be in transition. I think that transition is going to be the best location in terms of when, if you see those two together, where it's going to look good. Definitely. Then there's one player who made his Blackhawk debut unofficially, Buddy Robinson in that game. 
Not so good for Robinson. Slow as molasses, and he may have had an assist, but that's his only highlight of his shortcoming Blackhawk career so far. But he's 6'6". And can hit. He's stuck in quicksand half the time he's out yeah, on the ice. This is something that I remember discussing with Nick when we were um, going through the game uh, a bit ago. We were looking back at the goals that were scored. That first goal was scored on the penalty kill, and I remember picking this out at the exact moment that I saw this. Uh, the Blackhawks had four penalty kills on the ice. The two defensemen were Vlasic and Seth Jones, and the two forwards were Josiah Slavin and um, Buddy Robinson. Josiah Slavin was skating all around the ice trying to make plays, uh, get a stick in any passing lanes, and Buddy Robinson was stuck in the center of the ice, barely moved at all, and his lack of movement forced Seth Jones to cover for him and pull himself out of the area around the crease, which was part of the reason why that goal ended up getting scored. And you've seen why some of us have said that we really don't want Buddy Robinson in the NHL this year. He's just not very active off the puck. And that's not something you want from someone, especially in a bottom six role. You want, when you're playing in the bottom six in the NHL, you want someone who will be active off the puck to make up for the fact that they don't have top six skills. And you want them to be aggressive too. For a player of Buddy Robinson's size, you would think he can be laying hits out there, getting in the way of blocking. He doesn't do that. He gets himself stuck in quicksand, and it's just annoying to watch him play. Yeah, absolutely. But we have had enough negatives. We're going to have enough negatives over the next time. Kevin Korchinski at a fantastic first game of the preseason and i think every hawks fan is sold but maybe me more than some others i was blown away by his performance in that first game i thought that he was comfortable in the puck especially he was he was he's a strong skater he looks really comfortable when he's stick handling with the puck he's really good in, on possession uh, he looked comfortable in transition. He looked comfortable on the blue line, on the power play, in the offensive zone. He also looked comfortable, you know, uh, playing in defense. There were some hiccups over the course of the preseason, but he played in three preseason games, and for the most part, his defensive output was strong. And in the first game, we saw him paired up with Connor Murphy, and it just seems like a natural fit right there. Yeah, I would agree with what you were saying there on Korczynski. Korczynski looked great out there. A lot of people in the United Center that night, when they saw Korczynski with the puck, they were honestly surprised with their, his play. Same with myself. He did cause a couple chances to go on that power play unit that he was out there for. He would pass instead of shoot in the, in the position that he should have shot at. But that's because he's young and he was on a power play unit with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. What else would you think? He's a 18-year-old who's out on the ice with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze, two future Hall of Famers. And having a chance to pass to them to get a goal, I think that's what get, got in his head. But for him being so young, he's going to develop over time on that situation. But otherwise, he was a great, strong skater with the puck and in the right position at most parts of the game, except for one goal against. 
Yeah, <clears throat> and if we're like comparing him to um, another offensive defenseman that was in our system, Adam Bokvist, I think he's already miles ahead of where Bokvist was at this time in his development. So I think that's a good sign. So it's interesting you say that. Well, I think that right now Kevin Korczynski is a better defensive player in his own zone than Adam Bokvist ever was. I think that he's already that that level, but. I think that it's good. In the end, after he played his three preseason games, he played in games one, two, and four. After that, he did get sent down to the back to the WHL, uh, where he's had a pretty good start so far to his WHL career. Or no, not his WHL career to this WHL season. I believe he already has like like three or four points in two games or something. He has a game-winning goal. Pretty game-winning goal. Yeah, and I think that you know. Going back to the WHL, the thing you said with aggression and the fact that maybe there wasn't enough aggression on the power play to like take that shot, which I'll also say ironically is something I have previously said about Adam Boquist. Um, I think being in the WHL will give him more opportunities to take his own shot on the power play, and hopefully, that's the case. Yeah, that uh, I would agree there. In terms of other players that the Hawks had and other newcomers, um, there were two forwards that I thought were quite impressive. Uh, one, much younger than the other, but both of them were guys that were just brought into the system uh, this uh, offseason. The first one, the older guy, Cole Gutman. Now, Cole Gutman, I believe, was a college free agent, uh, was drafted by the Lightning back in like 2017, but played a bunch of years at University of Denver, won a national championship, and now he's with the Hawks. And he ended up scoring the only goal in this preseason game, which was the Blackhawks' first goal of the preseason. It was a nice setup goal. Of course, it was set up by Buddy Robinson sending behind the net to uh, Gutman on the doorstep of the goal. He It was a nice setup, and Gutman did look good all night that night. And a lot, I noticed him a lot in the, like the boards, getting into those board battles to go for that puck. And it was impressive play by uh, Cole Gutman that night. Absolutely. And then you have the last guy who is just 18, but already is getting comparisons by fans to uh, another fan favorite and another one of the players that people love. Samuel Savoie uh, plays for uh, Gatineau Olympique in the QMJHL. Yes, I'm just showing off how many team names I know how to say correctly, but Savoie was aggressive to say the least. I love Savoie. He was an agitator. He got into the skins of the Blues that night. It was fun to watch how he was playing. He didn't get a point. He didn't get on that score sheet, but he got on the score sheet for the Hawks fans' hearts, getting under the skin of Braden Shin on the bench after laying a big hit on one of the Blues' defensemen into the bench and Shin tries stealing Saval's uh, stick off his hand and Shin gets a penalty that off of it. It was great to see and uh, Saval is going to be that little mutt junior in Andrew Shaw it sounds like how he likes to play it. Um, He's the better Saval in my opinion. <laughs> but that's just me. I think the other one's pronounced Savoy so... It is Pratt's boy. Oh, so they're not even they're not even brothers. No, no. No, they're not. No, they're not related. No, no. Um, but besides that, 
the next game the Hawks played was, uh, I believe, their only win of the preseason. And this was a game they played in Detroit for this game, and they played the only game that mattered, I would say. And the Blackhawks made a, made a ton of changes. They only had two players who played in both games, and those two players were Korchinski and Savoie, who played in both games. And I guess that probably wasn't actually the first plan, but they earned that second game, and they showed out again. Yeah, it was a great game for the two of them again, but fortunately we couldn't see them much more after that preseason game, but we got to see a hell of a highlight reel happen for the future between Korczynski and Reichel. Yeah, Lucas Reichel played in that game, and he was great, and he looked excellent, and he did get sent down eventually, but I expect we'll see him back in the NHL very soon. Regardless, there was a moment of magic where Kevin Korczynski had an incredible stretch pass, blue line to blue line, and uh, sprung Reichel way open for a breakaway, and he ended up scoring at five hole, and it was just a great all-around play, great pass, great reception, great shot. All of it was fantastic, and you can see why everyone is so excited for Korczynski and Lucas Reichel. I think the future was trending on Twitter after that goal happened, if I remember correctly, because basically Korczynski and Reichel are the future of this Blackhawks organization, and that play happening is just a foreshadowing hopefully to come in the next couple of years. In the Stanley Cup final, right, Mac? Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, why not? Let's go there. Um, but I will say that probably the most impressive player in that game, honestly, was uh, the goaltender. Uh, Arvid Soderblom played in that game, and he had a great game. I believe it was the only game that Arvid Soderblom played in the preseason, but he made it count. Yes, it was his only game because the next day he was actually sent down to Rockford. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he has, I believe, featured in Rockford preseason since then, but I do want to throw this over to John because John saw a lot of Soderblom last year, and just... What are your thoughts on, you know, Arvid Soderblom playing in the AHL last year? What are you looking forward to from him for this next AHL season? And what do you think can be, you know, a trajectory for him going forward? Okay, so Soderblom and Reichel are the only reasons we made the playoffs. They're, like, our our success as a team relies on them. And it sucks that the defense was, like, a turnstile last year because Soderblom made so many saves that, like, it would be, like, 45 shots on goal and they would give up, like, 30 goals. And then one would say, um, Soderblom had a really good night, but we lost. And that was always uh, frustrating because it seems like every game the ice hogs were outshot. And it was really, really frustrating. But I'm just hoping that our defense is better for Soderblom because I think we could be really good if we just shore up the defense. Yeah, and what what you like seen in Chicago, I'm just gonna add on to what John was saying. Um, from Soderblom has not really been the case what we've seen in Rockford. He's been amazing in Rockford and kept them in so many games last year. Um, and seeing people just say that he's a terrible goalie when he only played in what like three games last year in the NHL is kind of ridiculous. So he, he's a good player and a good prospect. Is ridiculous. Yeah, as someone who went to two of Arvid Soderblom's three NHL games last year, 
I will say that he was given absolutely no chance. Yeah, he was hung out it to was dry. Just, it was just it was it was just pure it was just purely circumstantial that two of his three NHL games happened to be games that I went to. But regardless of that, I was there for those games, including I believe his NHL debut, and he was given no chance to succeed. It was zero chance to succeed. And you could see in Rockford, he is very good for the AHL level. You can see there's a significant progression that's been the case over his entire career. Four years ago, he was in Hockey Edton, which was the third tier of Sweden. The year after, he goes to the Alsvenskan, second tier. Then he's in the SHL, first tier. That's over the course of three years, he jumps three divisions. The next year, he goes to the AHL. And every year in Sweden, his numbers got better despite going up a division. I don't think his numbers got better last year from the SHL, but he still had a fantastic season with a save percentage over 920. Now, I don't think the Hawks plan is to have him in the NHL this year, but I expect that after this year, if he puts up another fantastic season in the AHL, we could be looking at a genuine 1B caliber goalie going forward. Okay, so from what I'm seeing here, it looks like he only gave up three goals in three games in the preseason. Solar Bloom? Yeah. Rockford's preseason? Yeah. It looks like he only gave up three goals. Fantastic. That's obviously what you want to see more from him because you know how good he can be. Um, but then moving into games where uh, the next uh, four games the Blackhawks played, he scored a combined one goal. And I'm going to kind of just combine all of them into one because it's not really worth our time to discuss any of these games individually. Um, the Blackhawks lost 3 nothing against Detroit. That was a home game. Then they lost 3-0 to, uh, against Minnesota. That game was in Milwaukee, but it was still a 3-0 loss. So they spent two straight games, no goals scored. Um, there was times in this game, the final uh, shot totals in this third game was 33-12, uh, to which is horrible. The In the third game, it was 35-21, to not much better. Uh, but then 33-12 in the uh, fourth game in Milwaukee. So those Hawks fans in Milwaukee were not given a treat. They were given a, um, a disaster class. Uh, in terms of other things that happened, uh, game was not very easy to uh, enjoy in terms of watching it. Um, the Kor- Korczynski had a couple moments where he was genuinely defensively humbled, uh, which is frustrating uh, from someone who is... Because like obviously a big fan of his but you know it's not something that you're going to look at and say i'm surprised that's happening because he's playing against nhl players and it's not exactly easy to as an 18 year old be amazing all the time so you know he'll have his struggles it'll happen i am happy in the end that they aren't rushing him to the nhl and they're giving him his time to play in the whl especially because you could see there's times where you know he just needs more time in the WHL before he's probably ready to maybe make the NHL next year. Yeah, it, it was interesting to see how Korczynski played in the last uh, his last appearance, but you really can't fault an 18-year-old in a game where the atmosphere is a lot more different because it was not in a traditional hockey market, and the fact that um, you had him playing against a team pretty much stacking their entire NHL roster against him because in that game in Milwaukee the Hawks really didn't have their full roster going Minnesota on the other hand did and you're going to have those um 
gaffes that would have come from being a developing young defenseman. Yeah, um, and then we had the fifth game that the Hawks played. They played against uh, the Wild. At this point, the Hawks had primarily their entire NHL roster. However, they did not have Patrick Kane. And yes. you could see that they were kind of just like, you know, uh, like a chicken with their head cut off. Because what exactly is a Blackhawks offense if there's no Patrick Kane? Jack Johnson. Yeah, Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson did score. Jack Johnson did score. The Jack Johnson goal was actually really nice, too. He got the puck on the point and just rifled it. And after that, that was it for the Hawks. Yeah. Um, I believe in game five, Alex Stalock played. And then in game six, it was Peter Mrazek. Yes. It was Stalock in game five. Game six, it was Mrazek. And I think that we can discuss because you mentioned before how uh, Nick mentioned that he was at game one against St. Louis. Uh, Nick is around the St. Louis area, so he was at game six in St. Louis. Yes, I went to game six, the game that apparently was not televised for Blackhawk fans. Uh, you kind of are lucky it was not because how bad of a game it was. Hawks had the entire roster out there with Buddy Robinson, who has been placed on waivers, minus Jason Dickinson, who they just acquired the night prior. The team had zero life on ice after, uh, let's say, nine minutes of play because the first goal of the game came around the 11-minute mark on the board, and the Hawks had zero life. They hung... Peter Mrazek out to dry. It was just one of the worst hockey games I've ever witnessed in person. Just how you have your main roster out there. You can't make a pass to save your life. It was just a complete and utter joke of to the sport of hockey how the Blackhawks won. <laughs> that was iconic. I really, I, I am so happy that we got that on recording. I feel like that's we're gonna have a lot of ghost games this season. I wonder how many times we're gonna say the phrase a disgrace to the sport of hockey. This is just a preseason game, and that was a disgrace to the sport of hockey. Let's go, let's move on to things uh that um let's just discuss uh overall the entire preseason as a whole. Um let's not talk about all the things that went wrong. Let's look at some of our biggest bright spots. I wanting everyone to go around and give a preseason MVP, I want to actually give two. First, an NHL player, and second, a non-NHL player. Nick, who is your preseason MVP, NHL preseason MVP, and non-NHL preseason MVP? Hey, uh, NHL preseason MVP, it's kind of difficult to choose from just because no one really showed up to play this entire preseason, but I will give it to um, our goaltender and Peter Mrazek because yes, he was hung out to dry in game six and he wasn't so good in that game, but he had a couple games where he appeared in that he looked pretty strong in net. Uh, Non-NHL um, MVP of the preseason, I would do the obvious one but i'm going with um sammy savoy because i thought he was 
he showed up to play each and every game and honestly if he had more of a chance i thought we could have saw him in a few extra games in this preseason than what he ended up getting i would go with sammy Savall just as the non-nhl preseason mvp uh, wally um yeah like mick said it's kind of difficult to pick an nhl mvp or well not nhl mvp but um for the preseason um i'm gonna go with i feel like Colin Blackwell was pretty good. I mean, he was—he did his job well. Um, I think he will be a capable fourth liner for us. Um, I thought he was pretty good. And then for non-NHL, I'll probably go with the obvious one, which Nick didn't name, but I'm going to say Kevin Korchinski. He was very good, in my opinion. Like you said, he had a few defensive gaps, but I think that was a little bit expected, only 18 years old. But I thought he was pretty good. So, yeah, he's my pick. John? Mm. Um... For NHL, does Vlasic count? Yes, yes, Alex Vlasic does count. Okay, okay, I'll say he's, I'll say he's my NHL, and my AHL would probably be, uh, yeah, I'll give it to Slavin. I'll give it to Slavin. Uh, he looked good on the PK, um, and I'm biased towards Slavin because he's one of my favorite ice hockey players. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I would say that my uh, preseason MVP in terms of NHL player. Um, it would probably be Alex Vlasic. I think that Alex Vlasic is one of the, in terms of uh, players who performed beyond the expectations of what we actually uh, expect from them, because nobody really showed up this preseason. No, no NHL players did anything that showed. If you watched this preseason and you were subjected to just the moments where NHL regulars were playing, you would have no hope for this team. That's unfortunate, but I think that Alex Vlasic was, in terms of his possession ability, is better than I ever thought it was going to be, and I was really impressed with that, and I think that because he did make the team, he will be my preseason MVP pick for the NHL player. For my non-NHL player, I'm going to say Arvid Soderblom. Uh, he played one preseason game, and he was great in it. A great game, over 900 save percentage, I think he had like almost 30 shots against maybe more than 30 shots against and he only allowed two goals and they won that game and it was the only game that they won so maybe that's a sign to come that sooner rather than later we could be seeing Arvid Soderblom in the NHL if sooner rather than later the Hawks see that as a situation where they just need him there because he could actually carry the team like he carries the he carries the hogs i don't know we'll see hopefully that's something that we can be seeing going forward but that is my picks alex vlasic and arvid soderblom because i thought both of them were fantastic i also want to give uh an honorable mention shout out to lucas reichel who had a fantastic goal and i want to give a very special shout out to a guy who only played in one preseason game i think deserved more of a chance considering how well he played in that. Nicholas Bodan. I know that everyone is very low on Nicholas Bodan right now. He didn't even get claimed on waivers. He's in the AHL right now. He was healthy scratched during a playoff game last year. But I was actually kind of impressed and was okay with how he performed in that first, in that one preseason game that he played. I thought that he had some decent plays. I think that he deserved more of a shot. And I hope he gets legitimate opportunity to regain his confidence in the AHL this year. 
Yeah, hopefully uh, Bodan uh, finds a way to get his game rehashed because he did look good in that one preseason game and last season he had honestly a terrible season down in Rockford, but he he's still young enough to have a rebound where he can start proving he's a better prospect than what he's shown in the last couple of seasons. Anyways, um, let's do a little bit of a preview for the first three games of the Hawks season. These are the first three games the Hawks will have over the next week. Their first game is going to be in Colorado on Wednesday night. Wednesday night rivalry on TNT, 8.30 start time. So it is a little bit of a later start time. All the games this week are later start times. They're all away games as well. We don't play a home game until almost a week and a half from now. But got Wednesday night rivalry, Blackhawks versus Avs. Uh, same way the Hawks started the season last year. And we all know what happened that night. Yeah. Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson scored. Blackhawks defense <laughs> Jack Johnson. <laughs> Jack Johnson scored. Yeah. But um, obviously the Avs are the cup champions and the Hawks are not. That, that, that's a nice way of putting it. A very nice way of putting it. Yeah, that's an easy way to put it there, uh, there, Tyler, on, and the Hawks are not. We're going Connor Bedard hunting this year. That's how we're going at it. We're going for a very different cup. The hope, yes. is that by, by, the hope is that by the end of this year, Connor Bedard will be hoisting a Memorial Cup and will be holding a Blackhawks jersey. Yes, that would be very nice. But anyways, on that... Blackhawks have, they're playing against uh, the Avalanche on Wednesday night in Colorado. Then they have the Vegas Golden Knights on Thursday night in Vegas. And then they have the Sharks on Saturday night in San Jose. So I want everyone to give me a prediction right now. How many points will the Blackhawks have at the end of Saturday? Zero to six. I'll go with two points. I think they can beat the Sharks, um, but I think they probably lose. I mean, they most definitely lose to the Avalanche, and they probably lose to the Golden Knights, but I think they can beat the Sharks, so I'm going with two points. I'm going to give the Hawks a total of three points on the start of the season, losing an overtime to the Avalanche on banner their banner-raising ceremony and beating the San Jose Sharks on... The Saturday night game and I'm gonna go with three points as well beating the Sharks in regulation and beating the Golden Knights in a shootout and obviously losing to the Avalanche all right I'm gonna go with two points but I think those two points are gonna come from two consecutive overtime losses to the Vegas Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks my reasoning is because Vegas doesn't win shootouts <laughs> Yeah, so if we want if we want that third point, we might need to take it to a shootout. But the problem is, I just don't know if this team has the speed to handle three-on-three. Three. That right there is going to be it for this first episode of the Hockey Pubcast. Tune in next week where we will discuss the first three games the Blackhawks played and how close our predictions actually were towards being uh, accurate there. We will also discuss, you know, which players got in the lineup, how well they performed, who was in, who was out, and hopefully we will be seeing some quality performances from some players out there. It would be really nice to have some guys that you can look at and be like, these are guys that we know we want going forward.
I've asked about points predictions, but I want to get individual score predictions, scores for just the first game against Colorado. What do you think it's going to be like on national TV opening night? Score prediction, Wally. I'm going six to one in favor of the Avalanche. Aggressive, Nick. I'm going to say four two Avalanche, and the first goal of the Blackhawks season is going to be a power play goal from Steph Jones because we know how bad the power play was on the defense from the Chicago Blackhawks last year. All right, John. I'm gonna go with five to one Avalanche. All right, and then my prediction: I will say the final score will be. I will go with uh, three to one. I think the Hawks will allow a shorthanded goal, and then they will also score on the power play with like two minutes to go in the third period when they're already down 3 nothing. Game will be over, but they'll score on the power play. It'll be like a one-timer from, I don't know. Um, Jack Johnson. Imagine if Jack Johnson actually scored on opening night against the Avs, just like he did against us the year before. It wouldn't be on the power play, though. But you know what? Screw it. Jack Johnson will score. It won't be a power play goal. But they will still will allow a short. Um, but that's everything that we have for this week on the Hockey Podcast. We will join you next week to discuss everything that's happened. Thank you for joining me. As always, Wally. Bye. Thank you, Nick. We're in for a long season, but we're on for the ride. Let's go Hawks. Let's go, Hawks. And John, thank you. Stuck hard for Bedard. <laughs> we'll see y'all next time. Music for this podcast was Cool Rock and Elf Meditation by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Find out more at creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash buy. Forward slash 4.0.